0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Pulse of the Pack. It is Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. as we record this. I've got a lot going on right here. If you guys see me looking up, I've got Game 4 of the American League Championship Series on behind me. The Yankees currently trail 3-1. to Savages in the box look a lot more like puppies. I don't really know what the opposite of Savages is, but it's not going very well at this point. Uh, Joined with me tonight is Jason Perrone. Jason, Another day closer to our trip to
1: Green Bay. That we are. This game has been intriguing because it looked like a good matchup at the beginning of the season. Then they Panthers kind of struggled a little bit. Cam Newton was more interested in his out post-game outfits than playing on the field. So it didn't look like they were going to be very good. And now they're good again. So I think we're going to see a good game at Lambeau Field come November the 10th. 10th? The 10th, yes.
0: Yeah, they haven't lost since... Uh, Cam Newton exited the lineup. Kyle Allen has been a winner in each of his four starts. We'll see how that goes here before they play Green Bay and the Packers uh, by the skin of their teeth. Finally, get that monkey of the Detroit Lions off of their back. They get a 23 to 22 win as time expires with a victory over the Detroit Lions, a game that they trailed by 13 at one point and then they trailed 22 to uh, 22 to 13 with about 10 minutes left to play. Uh, The Packers would score on each of their last two possessions before coming away with a big victory. Jason, since it's later in the week, I kind of want to do this in a general sense here, but let's talk first about the defense and how they were able to really, I mean, they got punched in the mouth on those first two drives. And after that, it was pretty much smooth sailing uh, for the defense. They held, they were able to hold the Lions to field goals if they were in scoring range. They played well off of turnovers, what Mike McCarthy would call adversity defense. Uh, quick change defense all kinds of different things that that is referred to as Uh, so they were able to do that and then uh, later in the game they were able to make some big stops and big moments which is something this defense hasn't done often enough in the last 10 years so with that in mind the the Packers were able to make the plays on defense when it mattered and we'll get into the rest of the stuff here in a little bit but ultimately this in my opinion was Green Bay's best game on defense since the Chicago game to open the season. So that's some pretty high watermark there. Now, I know they gave up 22 points and some of that stuff, but they really were able to control the game without forcing turnovers. Um, And without being able to force turnovers, that's something you're going to have to be able to do. Because when you face Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, although he's been injured and we hope for the best for him, um, Deshaun Watson, some of the best quarterbacks in football, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, they're not going to turn the ball over. So you have to be able to force teams to punt. Uh, the Packers were able to do that against Matthew Stafford, who's not on that list, but he's kind of in that next tier of guys like that. So, Jason, what were your thoughts on the defense on uh, Monday night?
1: Well, first of all, when you're talking about getting a monkey off your back and the Detroit Lions, like that's the first time I think in my long life that I've ever heard that. So I don't ever want to hear that again. Hopefully uh, we never defensively, do. Well, especially with Matt Patricia. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the, you know, the defense – The defense obviously was the star of the night because one of the reasons why we are trying to rebut all of this controversial garble from Lions fans and from NFL fans and from the media and from Packers fans and everybody is, look, were there some questionable calls? Yes, there were. But the Packers defense forced the Lions to kick five field goals. So you said, yeah, they scored 22. Yeah, they gave up 22 points. Well, it could have been in the 40s if Detroit converts on some of those drives and they actually find the end zone and TJ Hawkinson doesn't drop a ball in the end zone and other things that make us remind us that the lions are still in a lot of ways, the lions. So yeah, the defense was great. I mean, Preston Smith is Darius Smith again with a sack each. Uh, I, I would love for one of your sons, Rashawn Gary to find his way at some point. So I can remember that whether or not he actually played in the game. Uh, but the but the defense defense rose up really big again and and again you had contributions from guys who weren't intended to be regular starters. We didn't see much from Shannon Sullivan this game. He had the big pick against the Cowboys, but Will Redmond had a nice pass breakup. Some would say it was pass interference uh, late in the game on Marvin Jones, who only had two catches after having terrorized the Packers for many many games prior to that. Um, I don't think it was PI. I think I don't think he impeded the the. Play. So give Redmond some credit. You know, he does, he's not the guy you want out there in certain situations, but for depth, you know, that's one thing that's going to separate really, really good teams from average teams and below average teams is their depth can step in and keep them above water and play. And that's what's happening. When Kenny Clark doesn't have a great night, other guys step up and make great plays. You're you know, your next-door neighbor, Dean Lowry from Rockford, Illinois, had a great game, probably his best game of the season. So they're getting contributions all over the depth chart on defense. I mean, I just – I love the job Mike Pettin's doing. The defense was definitely the the star of the show, If you you know, if you had to pick one.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree in that regard. Uh, as far as Rashawn Gary, it's been a bit of a rough go, no question there. He only played nine snaps on Monday night. So we'll see if that fluctuation continues. Eventually – You'd like to see him start making a couple of plays. Uh, but for now, it looks like he's very firmly entrenched as that team's
1: third or fourth edge
0: rusher, and it might depend on the week. Kyler Fackrell outsnapped him this week. We'll see if that remains the case uh, moving forward. But something else you mentioned was, and was just some of the contributions from some of the other guys. You said best game of the season. That might have been Dean Lowry's best game of his career. Uh, there were so many good things he was able to do for the Packers on Monday night. Uh, And really, I think the run defense, the improvement that happened on Monday night started with him. Uh, So that was definitely a big positive for the Packers because they've struggled stopping the run. And they're going to face a Raiders team this week that wants to run the ball. John Gruden has talked about that on more than one occasion. So we will see if Green Bay is able to do that. Offensively, man, um, what is there to say? Uh it was a survive and advance kind of game. I want to start with Jamal Williams because he was in my opinion at least the offensive player of the game. He had one of his better nights and certainly and this Yankees game just ended. It is 6-1 Houston now in the 6th inning. So this game is over and the Yankees are going to be facing elimination tomorrow night against Justin Verlander. So that's not positive. Uh but anyways, Jamal Williams uh I thought had the best game of his career and is really starting to get that one-two punch that the Packers want with Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones didn't have a great night. He fumbled. He dropped a touchdown. I mean, those are plays that elite caliber running backs make or don't make in the case of fumbling the ball. And Jones had and Jones had a bad night. And Jamal Williams picked the team up, especially on a night where by the end of it, it was Alan Lazard and Darius Shepard and Jake Coomer on a bunch of non-NFL great players, basically, Maybe they will be one day, but they certainly aren't right now uh, taking on uh, the receiver role for Aaron Rodgers. So, Jason, what were your thoughts on Williams Are the Packers building? Devontae Adams said that you were on meth if you thought that wasn't the best one-two punch in the league. I don't know if I'll go that far, but, I mean, this is a pretty formidable group. Williams has certainly gotten better, and I think that's something that's been evident in this season.
1: Yeah, they got a good rotation now when those guys are healthy. They're churning. And, it, you know, I'm looking forward to a game where the two of them put it together in the same game. You know, Dallas was all about Aaron Jones, four touchdowns. Detroit was the Jamal Williams show. And if they can put it together, that takes a lot of pressure off of the rest of the offense. And if you look at the wide receiver situation right now, it's kind of up in the air. Got some injuries. demonte Adams may or may not play. They had to sign Ryan Grant, not that Ryan Grant, this week for some depth. And so if any kind of pressure you can take off of the passing game, is helpful. I mean, these guys are playing great and Williams was, he's a big loss in any, in any situation. He just runs hard. He runs well. He's kind of that safety valve. He's almost like a combination of like Brandon Jackson and John Kuhn put together. If I can, if I could put two guys together to make up who Jamal Williams is, and he's not a fullback, but he's just that secure guy. Now that, you know, like he's going to make a block when he needs to make a block, he's a smart player. He can, he can get active in the passing game. Like he just, you know he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and he's so he's steady Eddie back there. He's a the guy that you want. But the, the Packers running the ball is just a nice thing to see. This was a game where the Packers haven't really defended the run very well. They ran well against the Cowboys, but could they continue that? And the Packers absolutely smashed Detroit in the run game in this in this particular game, and they they came out way ahead, over one hundred yards, and could have been more if Aaron Jones had had his head screwed on straight. Although I'm. Cons- Convinced that there's a chance that I think he took a shot early in the game that might have really impacted him. I don't know if he was dealing with some, some wooziness there, but this these running backs are great, and the offense give a, give credit to the offensive line too, the graders up front. I mean, Elton Jenkins, what a find! Just a brick, and he's you know that he's a guy that I think single handedly is helping the run game. You know, I mean, these other four guys have played together for a well, while, not Billy Turner, but these other guys have played together, you know, Bakhtiari, Bulaga, Corey Lindsley. But you had Elton Jenkins in there, and all of a sudden, this offense can do a bunch of stuff. Now, I know Matt LaFleur in the offense is different. It's a different approach, but, you know, it, it takes an entire machine to make the whole thing go. And so credit to all of it all the way around. It's, you know, if you can run the football, you know, it's all about passing to win. But if you can run the football, then you set up a lot of fun things in the passing game later on.
0: Yeah, and they hopefully are able to do that in the near future with Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting healthy, Devontae Adams coming back, the Packers added receiver Ryan Grant, not to be confused with the guy who used to play running back for the Packers in uh, the late 2000s and then uh, some of the 2010s as well, I believe is the way that you say that, so the The offense as a whole struggled, and I want to talk about Alan Lazard because he really did save the day. I mean, of all the darling undrafted wide receivers from this offseason, it's it's been difficult, uh, tough sledding really for Green Bay because they don't have anybody that's proven beyond Devontae Adams. Even Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he does some nice things at times, but he's far from a consistent player. And then when he went down, Geronimo Allison went down with a concussion during the Lions game as well. And they were able to kind of just find a way. And Alan Lazard was a big reason why. A big catch down the sideline. know, I always say the guy on the bench, be ready when your number's called. Well, his number was called and he delivered in a big way. Um, so that was nice to see. Uh, Rodgers wanted his number called later in the game. He mentioned uh, as much in his post-game press conference that he was kind of lobbying for him to get him on the field. I mean, really right now it's a mass unit at receiver for the Packers. They have MBS, Allison, and Devontae Adams have not practiced this week yet. It's Thursday, so they might practice tomorrow. We'll get their designation for their injuries tomorrow. If they don't play, then you're talking about Jake Kummerow, who, despite his folklore, has done nothing since being on the roster. He had, I think he had two catches the other night. Good for him. Um, you have Derry Shepard, who had a really bad game on Monday night. Now, I'm not saying that he's a bad player or anything like that. He just had a bad game on Monday night. That's Those are the facts. Uh, two turnovers directly caused from Darius Shepard. Um, and then you have Ryan Grant, who just got here on Tuesday, and you have Alan Lazard, who had a big game but hadn't been able to get on the field before then. Jason, what's the concern level at this point for Sunday looking at Oakland if these are your wide receivers?
1: Well, I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case. If that is the case, then, yeah, I guess it's not ideal. But, you know, let's not forget who the quarterback is here. I don't think Alan Lazar is just going to walk out there and catch 10 balls for 200 yards and score two touchdowns. You know, I mean, he might surprise us all. But you got Aaron Rodgers and you've got running backs who can take some of that burden off. And don't forget Danny Vitale as a fullback, too. You know, it's it's the Raiders. You know, I mean they 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 can be, you know, their defense is okay. So I think the I think some opportunities are gonna be there. You never dial it in, you never call it in and say, okay, we can get by this week with or without. I mean, Devontae Adams is still being kind of coy about whether or not he's gonna play. But yeah, I mean it's you know, it's it's one of those things where it's yeah, it's not optimal, but it's hard to argue with a team that's five and one and was able to overcome what they overcame against the Lions. And this year's team is just different. You know, when they find themselves in tough spots, they're not folding and bending. You know, they're not—they're <laughs> not folding over, is what I meant to say. They're not folding over and, and kind of falling apart. They're rising up and they're making plays. And you know, maybe the defense has to carry it again for one more week. But uh, you know, with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball the way he has, and that he's not having to throw it 50 times to get them a victory, I you know, I I think it's I think they can be fine. You know, Mercedes Lewis. Nice safety valve, you know. I mentioned Vitaly. You got the running backs. Even if Oakland knows it's coming, you know the Packers have really good horses on offense to still execute it well and make things happen. And if push comes to shove, the big key for the Packers is if you're not getting the production in the passing game, then you've got to extend the clock. You got to convert your second and third downs and. And keep the Oakland defense on the field. And and again, like I've said many times, make the offense your 12th defender almost.
0: Yeah, that could be uh, the story on Sunday. And I'll say something for sure as far as the tight end position goes. I've tried with Jimmy Graham. I can't anymore. Uh, he had one nice catch on a crossing route late in the game that helped. But otherwise, the third and twelve play where they dumped the ball off to him, any – relatively athletic player, I think, picks up that first down. Uh, and Graham just, he's a plotter, and he fell like a sack of potatoes. And I think Graham was a great player. He's been nothing but a professional since being in Green Bay. He doesn't like talking to the media. I guess you could say that wasn't all that professional, but it just hasn't been very good. You want to talk about mistakes that Brian Gutekunst has made, and he's made plenty of good moves, but signing Graham and then choosing to keep him appears to be one of his bigger mistakes and we'll see if they stick around. I know Peter Burkowski has the theory uh, from Packer report that the Packers could kind of find an injury for Jimmy Graham, if you will, to put him on injured reserve instead of embarrassing him because he's a proud veteran. Uh, And that's something that I'm sure has been done in the past. I can't think of specific examples, but I just, especially if Tanyan and Sternberger healthy right now, they're almost probably playing him out of necessity because you have an undrafted free agent in Evan Bayless that's currently on the roster, and I think Ethan Wolf might be on the roster now too. I'll have to check that to be sure, but they don't really have much of a choice at this point but to keep Graham on the field. So that's where we're at with the tight end spot. Uh, it's been a rough go, really. I mean, even when Jared Cook was here, he was a good player, and he did some nice things and some big moments, but I think we've overrated his value a little bit in Green Bay, He certainly wasn't a great tight end. Really, I mean, honestly, since the days of Jermichael Finley, the tight end position has been a black hole. And it remains that way. The hope is that Jay Sternberger can alleviate that. But for now, he has been on injured reserve. They activated him or chose to designate him as somebody to return this week. But the Packers just, they haven't been able to get any production out of that. And I think Mercedes Lewis, I mean should play a vast majority of those snaps at tight end because Jimmy Grammy just simply doesn't have it anymore. The end of the game, Jason, obviously we can't go through this game without talking about the way the officials played uh, a part in it. Uh, my thought process on it has been very clear and I want to kind of just address it a little bit. And that is that I'm not excusing the calls or lack thereof. Uh, I'm not excusing poor officiating. I think officiating is probably better than it ever has been. We just noticed the screw-ups more because we have a billion cameras at these games that show it angle by angle by angle by angle. And that makes the officials' jobs even harder. You add that, and then they have a billion rules with a million different gray areas, and it makes it more difficult. I think that that being said... I kept saying on Monday night, you know, my my catchphrase was, ask me if I care. And the answer is, I don't. And the reason I don't is because I've been on the other end of it, too, as a fan. You know, I've seen Kirk Cousins get called for roughing, or Clay Matthews, I guess, get called for roughing the passer. Like, I've seen that happen. I've seen Jerry Rice fumble and it being ruled down by contact. I've seen the fail Mary rule the touchdown. All of those things I've seen. And not once did I bitch about the officials. I know I make, make a side joke, snide joke every now and again, but... That's not the reason the Lions lost the game. The Lions gained 60 yards, less than 60 yards after halftime. They were plus three in turnovers. They didn't score one touchdown after those turnovers. They had their chances to put the game away. Something I said immediately following the fail Mary was, control what you can and the officials will not matter. Now that doesn't excuse the officials for making bad calls, Jason. We talked about this after the Eagles game, when pass interference wasn't called and wasn't reviewed. What did I say that night? The same. You guys can go back and listen to the show. The same thing. The Packers did not lose that game because of a call or a non-call. Now, I don't understand why pass interference was reviewable for them to not review it in that spot. That being said, that's not why Green Bay lost. Giving up a billion rushing yards, not scoring touchdowns in the red zone, those are things that are going to get you beat, too. So the Lions and their fans and Mike Florio and all these guys can whine and cry all they want about how the Packers are aided by the officials, but the vast reality of the situation is that Green Bay took advantage of their opportunities, and the Lions had several of those to put Green Bay away. They were winning 13 to nothing in the first half. They had chances to put Green Bay away, and they didn't. So whine about the officials all you want. I don't care. Uh, It's going to happen. Jason, you've mentioned in the playoffs that you should be worried that maybe The officials will make a call that changes the game. And I will be willing to bet that that does happen. I'll bet that does happen. But Green Bay took advantage of their opportunities. I'm sorry that Bears fans are pissed because the Bears couldn't beat Green Bay. And Vikings fans are mad because they couldn't beat Green Bay early in the season. So they're rooting for them to lose because they couldn't take care of business on their own. Oh, well, I've been on the other end a million times. And I didn't hear anybody feeling sorry for the Packers when... I didn't feel anybody, hear anybody feeling sorry for the Packers when that happened to, to them. So that's that's where we're at. Uh, Gary Sanchez just hit a two-run home run, so it's about time that guy got something going at the plate. It's now 6-3 Astros in the bottom of the sixth. So maybe we're not cooked just yet. I don't know. They're trying to reel me back in here a little bit. But, Jason, what are your thoughts briefly on the officials and then in the words of Bill Belichick, we're on to Oakland.
1: Well, first of all, Jacob, I don't I don't know what I'm watching on TV here because um my understanding was and I've been told that um, Gary Sanchez should be in the minors.
0: <laughs> well, Yankee fans are stupid when it comes to good players, apparently. <laughs> uh
1: I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. We're we're four days, three days removed from this game, and I'm still struggling with how I feel, you know, because all anybody wants to talk about is how jaded the the outcome was and how affected by the officiating the lions were and they you know they lost that game and no it's 100% you know certain the lions couldn't win you know they they couldn't not kick field goals because they kept you know they kept getting screwed by the officials listen you mentioned you you covered all the things jake you got to find the end zone tj hawkinson dropped a touchdown pass the, the lions couldn't get i mean after those first two drives it's like they should have tried the flea flicker again i don't know look they, they, did, they couldn't generate any offense, and I'm not saying those calls weren't questionable. You said it. It happens in every game, and if you go back and you watch the beginning of the game and you focus on that matchup between Trey Flowers and David Bakhtiari, I guarantee you you're going to see a whole bunch of Trey Flowers' hands up in David Bakhtiari's face mask that didn't get called. And yeah. so Bakhtiari brought it to the attention of the officials, and, they call, and magically they called it. Makeup calls suck, but you know what? It, just like you said— We've been on the other side of it. I know it doesn't help the Lions to have to make have to take the, the shrapnel for our past losses by other teams. You know, we're talking about the Vikings. We're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. You know, we're talking about the 49ers. But too bad, man. At some point, the Packers are going to get hosed by a call, and they may end up losing a game because of it before this, this season is over with. Or like I said, like you said, God forbid it happens in the playoffs, even worse. And nobody felt, has felt bad for us in the past. And you can't care right now because later on when it does happen, do you not think that it's coming 13, 14, 15-fold to the Packers when karma comes around and, and bites them in the butt, which isn't going to be what happens. It's going to be the NFL and just very difficult, you know, very poor officiating, very inconsistent officiating. And I don't know how they fix the problem, but – The game is over, and that's it. Packers win. Mason Crosby, walk-off field goal. Incidentally, Jake, it wasn't by date, but this was the same Monday night a year ago that you and I attended against the 49ers one day after your wedding. Happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. And Mason Crosby walked it off on that Monday night as well. One year to the day, Mason Crosby, who had a terrible, terrible game in Detroit that you had to sit through a week prior to your beautiful wedding and watch him miss four field goals and an extra point redeems himself against these lines and then finally like you said gets the monkey off his back i still can't believe i'm saying that against detroit beautiful beautiful story and jake can we rate crosby's lambo leap i gotta give him a two out of ten because he couldn't even do it by himself he needed help getting up in the stands
0: well according to facebook and facebook is a cesspool but uh, he had the refs help getting up there so i guess it's a one because he got the assist from the officials so whatever i guess that's the case uh, so that's uh That's the end of the Lions as we knew them. Uh, And they can piss and moan all they want for the next 10 weeks or, you know, however long until we play them again. But that is what it is. Um, In general, my opinion on the officials is always going to be the same. And that's, I'll reiterate, control what you can and the officials won't matter. Let's move to Oakland because that's where Green Bay play. Well, they play in Green Bay on Sunday against the Raiders. And for the first time since December 31st of last year, I will be in-house taking up uh, with my brother and one of his friends from Colorado who happens to be a Raiders fan. Uh, But we will be there for Packers and Raiders Sunday at noon. John Gruden, Chucky, returns to Lambeau Field where he started his career quite some time ago. The Raiders are quietly good, maybe the good bad team, I don't know. They just got done thumping Chicago, well I shouldn't say thumping, but they controlled the line of scrimmage against the Bears in a way that I was completely shocked by. And they were able to run the ball at will. They kind of moved the ball at will in general. And Trent Brown's not playing Tyrell. Williams is probably not going to play. Those are two big losses potentially for the, the Raiders. So that's something to keep in mind is that the Raiders have some guys that are missing just like Green Bay does. And really, I think the big one is Trent Brown. He's a big money player that they paid to play right tackle and he's not, um, if he's not able to go, their backup is not very good, and this could be another game for Zadarius and Preston Smith that we're talking about by the end of it, but the first thing really starts with stopping the Raiders' run game. Josh Jacobs is one of the front runners at this point for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been very good, and he's kind of the center point of their offense, and like I mentioned, the Bears' defense is very good, and the Raiders' offensive line pushed them around. They've got a good offensive line. Colton Miller is better than I anticipated him being. Uh, you've got Richie Incognito, say what you will about him as a person. He's definitely a dick, but he's a good player on offense. Sorry. I I mean, it is what it is. I don't want to travel down that rabbit hole, but he's a pretty good player, uh, except when he costs them issues or costs them yardage. So I guess that can happen as well, but he's a good blocker of defensive linemen. Let's leave it at that. Uh, And then Trent Brown was one of the storylines coming in if he was going to be able to handle the Smith brothers, but now he may not be available. But it really starts with that running game for the Raiders. John Gruden said he wants to throw the game back to 1998. They really do start with the run, and they start working their way into passing games. Derek Carr does not really stretch the field and throw the ball deep, which is going to be difficult, I think, for the Raiders, because beating this defense, it's hard to do that in 10, 12, 13 play drives. you got to have some big plays. That's when teams have had some successes, when they've been able to stack those big plays uh, like Dallas did like the Vikings did with the big touchdown run from Dalvin Cook. There's plenty of examples. Chicago wasn't able to do that, and because Chicago wasn't able to do that, they only scored three points. They didn't have a whole lot of big plays. So starting with the running game, Jason, they had a pretty good showing last week against on Johnson. How confident are you they're going to be able to carry that over here on Sunday afternoon?
1: Well, that's going to depend on – so Kenny Clark did not practice on Thursday, and he, they didn't have practice on Wednesday – He's got a uh, a back issue, and is it a knee as well that's being listed? Um, but it, it sounds like from Mike Pettin's, uh comments after practice on Thursday that it wasn't a, it wasn't a serious thing, and that wasn't really anything to be too concerned about. And I know that Kenny Clark hasn't really produced well over the last couple weeks, but he's a big factor there. So if he's in or out, that's going to impact their their run defense and. The Raiders are going to try to establish the run because, you know, Derek Carr throwing it deep in, in this particular situation, probably not a great idea, not a great proposition with the Packers' secondary being a little bit better and more short up. You know, Kevin King is, you know, still rolling. Jair Alexander is, is a thing. Adrian Amos is still back there. Darnell Savage is probably not going to play this week, but Will Redmond has been playing well. So the Raiders need to establish the run and, John Gruden's got an ego the size of Alaska, so he's going to continue to try to pound it. So the the Packers are going to get tested. I think it's, it's, you know, they should probably be very encouraged by the way that they played the last two weeks. I know in Dallas the game got away from the Cowboys and they couldn't feed Zeke as much as they wanted to. So this the stats there and the running, the 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 defense against the run and the run stats for the Cowboys was really more a function of the score than it was the Packers shutting down Zeke Elliott. But you stack success, you know, if I can, you know, pay homage to Mike McCarthy and you have to hope that they can carry that into this week. And it's, it's, it always starts with, you know, you got a pass to win on offense and you got to shut down the pass to win on defense. But if you, if you make Derek Carr have to throw it 45 or 50 times, that's a recipe for disaster for, for the Raiders. So big time emphasis needs to be on, on the run game and shutting it down this week. Um, and you got Blake Martinez and Oren Burks back. I I think they'll be fine. I I foresee it. I foresee it. If, if the Raiders are going to stay in this thing, it's going to be because they're moving the ball via the air. I don't think it's going to be as much about the ground game.
0: Yeah, I think the matchups to win. I mean, this seems obvious when it comes to run defense, but it really is up front. When the Packers defensive linemen have played well against Chicago, uh, against Detroit, they haven't been able. Those teams haven't been able to run the ball against them when they haven't played well, when they're getting blocked is when they've kind of been ravished by the running game. Uh, The Eagles game comes to mind, for example. Like I mentioned, after one of the games, it's not really a case of want to or desire or any of the other intangible nonsense that you guys are going to hear. It really is just as simple as guys are getting blocked. Kenny Clark is nursing a calf injury and a back injury, as we found out on today's injury report. He hasn't looked like himself in a while. Dean Lowry played well on Monday, but he hadn't played well in recent weeks. Blake Martinez is an average player, and when you have average guys back there that are relying upon guys in front of them eating blocks, and they're not eating blocks and getting off blocks, playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage, that's how you give up five yards of carry. Oren Burks is a coverage linebacker. He's not in there to stop the run. That's what B.J. Goodson's for, and he played really well on Monday night, too. That's something that I'd like to see a little bit more of in some run situations as well, especially while Green Bay is kind of down there hybrid safety line, you know, with Darnell Savage on the lineup, you know, Channon Sullivan, Will Redman, guys like that are playing. Ibrahim Campbell came back to practice today, but he's not going to be ready to go for a little bit yet. Uh, those, are, I think you're going to need to see some more traditional stuff, if you will, from Mike Patton. But I think that really does start up front. Football, there's a lot of things about football that have changed. Jason, you mentioned it. it's a passing league. You got to pass the one on offense. You got to stop the pass on defense. But, One of the things you can do in a one-game sample like that is win up front. And if you can win up front and kick somebody's ass in the running game the way the Eagles did to Green Bay, you're going to win a lot of football games that way, too. So that's just something to keep in mind. Green Bay, they can afford to give up some yardage in the running game. That's fair. They can't get clubbed like they did against the Eagles. So that's something to look for. Derek Carr, you mentioned making him throw the ball 50 times. That's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for gold for Green Bay. I don't think Derek Carr is very good. I'm a firm believer that Derek Carr is somebody that we grade on a curve as a society. And I think that because he hasn't, he's not his brother, David Carr. So since he's better than David Carr was, we think he's better than he really is. But he's really just not that good. He's a below average quarterback, in my opinion. He throws the ball three to five yards at a time. Green Bay's going to have to play close to the line of scrimmage. They don't have any receivers, I think, that are really like, oh, my God, they can threaten you that bad. Trevor Davis is coming back to Green Bay, so I'm sure Jason has some idea that he's going to wreck the game. But Trevor Davis just is not that good. So I'm not real worried about them in the passing game. Uh, their tight end, Mr. Waller, he is a good player, uh, and that's something where whether it's Sullivan, Will Redmond, Josh Jackson didn't play any snaps on defense last week. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe that's Tremont Williams' thing. Some of it will be dictated on matchups. Uh, But the Raiders are going to have some weapons that can test Green Bay. They just haven't – I mean, their offense is, like, above average. It's kind of like Green Bay's. It might even be below average. Uh, But I think defensively, Green Bay has a really good shot at controlling this game, even without somebody like Darnell Savage. So, Jason, uh, in general, like from the big scope, macro scope, what are your thoughts on the defense and their ability to control a game like this?
1: Yeah, it's going to – I think it's going to come down to the – Coverage on the tight end. You're going to try to get the ball to your superstar. They just paid him a bunch of money, and uh, it's it's Chucky. I mean, he makes mistakes, and his offenses are crazy, and they're very complex for quarterbacks. But he's going to try to do what he can to win. I mean, he he you know talked his way through and tried to <clears throat> finagle his way to a victory in the preseason against the Packers. So if you don't think he wants to win a regular season game on the road in Green Bay and upset the Packers, and you know be Annoying, the most annoying version of Chucky possible. He's he's going to bring it with the offensive game plan. I think I think the defense on on the tight end is going to be really key. So, but you know, Tremont also listed on the uh, the uh, injury list with a knee, um, a kind of a late add to the injury list. He's one that becomes important because he's kind of that guy that you would put in there. That's that steady Eddie guy that's got the experience and you know can hang with the tight end and. You know, you you wish that it was Josh Jackson, but for some reason he they just cannot see the field. He cannot find the field. So
0: and forget standing Eddie about Tremont Williams. That guy's been balling. I mean, he's thirty six yeah. years old. He's almost as old as you are, Jason, and he is out there just killing it.
1: And almost this is as the old guy as I am, but but yeah. he's got a yeah he he's got a whole decade to go in in order to um, catch up with me. If we're being honest, so not not quite, not quite, but
0: yeah yeah well, you let's know he's not, not he has.
1: Well, he has been great. And, you know, Jake, I know you and a, a couple of other guys uh, over at Packer Report and Cheesehead TV and all those guys over there that do film work. You know, somebody that I haven't seen a lot of emphasis placed on, and maybe we asked Dusty Evely or maybe you can or Ross or somebody, is let's break down Tremont because if he's having a great season, it's a very sneaky good season that people don't realize because he's not showing up on the stat sheet. But for corners – You know, you look at the box score, which is, you know, an unfortunate thing that a lot of people do right now to try to determine how good a game turned out for X or Y or Z player. But, you know, and you see, oh, he only had one tackle. Well, if they don't throw to him all game, it's because they were afraid to throw at him. He did his job. It's kind of like an offensive lineman. If you don't hear their name, they're doing a great job. So I I think the defensive game plan has just got to be, they've got to get to, they've got to get to car. You got to get off the field. You know, don't let the Raiders extend drives. The pressure's got to get there, you know. And I think it will. I think this is going to be another week where the where the pass rush has an opportunity. You know, your son's got a chance. Rashawn Gary's got a chance to make a you know make a make a couple plays here. Kyler Fackrell had half a sack. Maybe he finally shows up and comes up with some big plays again. The defense just needs to kind of take over and ride this thing out. Because as soon as the offense gets healthy, you get you know Sternberger's ready to go. You get Devontae Adams back. The running game is in full swing. You know, hopefully David Bakhtiari continues to heal. I think he's still dealing with a little something there. You know, because the bye week is still three games away. They got three more games to get through before they get to their, or four actually four. They got four more games to get through before I forgot the buys after our game. So it is not coming up quick. You know they've got to they've got to find a way to get through there and and just take the pressure off of the areas that are the most taxed right now. And obviously the wide receiver group is is one of them. So the defense is going to have to step up and have have a big week.
0: Yeah, they are. And keeping Derek Carr from just death by a thousand paper cuts, that's really the way that they're going to have to do it. But get him in position, they'll turn the ball over. The Bears had plenty of chances to win that game in London. They were unable to. And because they were unable to now, they're sitting uh, looking at a tough game in the face with New Orleans while Green Bay has a game that's very winnable. And it's going to be interesting to see what Green Bay does because that schedule that we talked about at the beginning of the season, Jason, and I don't want to look too far ahead – because obviously something can change in the blink of an eye. You know, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. That game looks like it's unwinnable at the beginning of the season. And right now, we don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Uh, he has ten days to heal before they play in Green or before they play Green Bay. But I don't know. You know, I'm, and I'm certainly not a doctor as far as anything like that goes. So I don't know who is going to be the quarterback for Kansas City. What I do know is that if it's not Patrick Mahomes that the game certainly gets less difficult in that regard just because it's well if it's Matt Moore instead of Patrick Mahomes like any quarterback after Patrick Mahomes is a downgrade that's just the way that things are so Matt Moore is definitely a downgrade if that is the case Uh, but then you look at the Chargers that's kind of a pseudo home game that isn't really talked about and The Chargers aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. Now, they're really talented. I'm not saying that's a layup for Green Bay by any stretch. Carolina at home and then the bye before they play San Francisco. I mean, they really do have a chance right now to get to, what would that be? Math here real quick. Six, seven, eight, and one, nine, and one before the bye. I mean, it's enticing. They're certainly capable of doing Those sorts of things. Now, granted, health and all that stuff, and that's the funny part about the way Green Bay is now, is they are winning games without some of their best players. Devontae Adams has not played since they played Philadelphia, and they're 2-0 without him right now. So something to keep in mind as we move into the coming weeks here. And Green Bay, maybe we need to talk a little differently about the ceiling of this team, as I had them missing the playoffs. Now, I still think division winner, maybe win one playoff game, Something like that is kind of realistic, but you NFC know, is wide open. It's not like Green Bay's a bad team. They certainly have some good players and some good things that they do well. So maybe the ceiling of the team is higher than I ever anticipated it being. Something to think about. Let's move into our final segment. That is the game picks. Obviously, it's Packers-Raiders. It's noon at Lambeau Field. The Packers, the last time that they'll be at home for a few weeks, they'll go on the road for a two-week stretch here before uh, coming back to play Carolina before the bye week. So get your cheers and all that stuff in while you can. Uh, I think this game is going to be strange and ultimately kind of ugly. Uh, and I think that that tends to favor the Packers. Ten, if you play an ugly game like that, it kind of favors the home team in general, general rule of thumb. I think I think Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, both have some pretty solid days. I think the Packers figure out a way to get a play or two in the passing game. And, Eat Derek Carr. Uh, I think that Zadarius and Preston Smith are in line for a big day against a Raiders backup right tackle and an offensive line that has done well in the running game, uh, but can leave a little bit to be desired at times in the passing game. Uh, So I think a big day for there. I think Jair Alexander gets a chance at an interception, which is something that he hasn't had this year, but that's because. I mean, on Monday against Detroit, they just didn't target him, which is a good thing for corners, too. Sometimes you're not getting interceptions because you're not being targeted. But I think he has a big night. I think Green Bay wins this game like 21-10, to 10, something like that. Maybe the Raiders score late and make it 21-17, to 17, something like that. The spread's 4.5. I wouldn't be surprised if it's within that four-point margin. Uh, but a garbage-time touchdown either way kind of keeps it that way. Jason, who do you like Sunday?
1: So Jair got the tipped interception off of Mari Cooper, but I think you're talking about him making a play and actually like stealing one, which I think is, is something we're all anticipating. And I want to see him house one this year too, by the way. No, I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, it's, it's kind of got that trap game vibe to it. Although, <laughs> you know, the chiefs game the following week is uh, maybe a little bit of a different thing to get up for if it's a different type of matchup. So I'm, I'm you know, I, this is not a Chiefs show, but I'm gutted right now. I'm gutted at Patrick Mahomes being injured. It's just, it's one of those things I was looking forward to a lot about this season. I had that game circled on the schedule, tough road game. And selfishly, I want to see the Packers get tested. You know, if they win that game with everybody in there on the Kansas City side, then, you know, there's no, the sky's the limit. But um, hopefully he turns out to be okay. We it just happened, so we don't have any updates there. But, yeah, I'm with I think I think the Packers will win this one. And this this could actually end up being one of those really low scoring games. It could be like a 17-14 type of game, too, where like you said, it's just it's a punt fest. I don't know what the weather is predicted to be, but it could end up being kind of more of a sloppy type game. The AFC, NFC games are always, you know, they're unscouted back and forth. So you don't have the the benefit of having seen a team a lot of times. And this is nowhere near the same Raiders team that they saw in the preseason. So I do think the Packers come out with the victory, but more and more like you said the health even though this team is deep, the health is the key. And at this point, you know, th- there's so much in front of this Packers team in the NFC and even looking beyond January if I dare to say that, it's it's going to be about them being able to stay healthy and guys being able to play and come back and no long-term injuries. So that's the big thing is is get a victory I don't care how you do it, but come out of this thing healthy because this injury report every week for the Packers is just pages long. <laughs> it just gets longer and longer. And I, and it, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff that is okay and it's, it's, you know, veteran rest stuff and it's things that aren't going to keep guys out, but they're still reporting it and there's a reason for it. So got to get out of it healthy. And that's, that's the biggest thing, but I'm going to go with the Packers to improve to six and one, and they're going to start to take a, Nice little hold on the NFC at that point, too.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. So we both like Green Bay to win. That's going to do it for this edition of Pulse of the Pack. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. It's at Pulse, or it's under Pulse of the Pack. And with the logo, not the picture of Aaron Rodgers, I'm still working on that at the moment, but it's the one with the logo, not the one with Aaron Rodgers on it. Like it, subscribe, leave comments on our videos, let us know what we can do to improve them because that's what we're here for. You can follow the show on Twitter. It is at PackerPulse. You can follow Jason. He's at Jason Perrone. And you can follow me personally. I am at Jacob Westendorf. Packers Raiders Sunday afternoon. Packers win on Monday night, 23 to 22. Big things starting to take shape here. The end of October is coming, which means football weather, cold, winter, nasty, all kinds of stuff like that coming for Green Bay. And hopefully, hey, maybe some Lambeau Field home games in the playoffs. It's been a while, it feels like, since we've seen one of those. So, Thank you guys for listening to this show. Thank you guys for watching the video if you stayed all the way to the end. And as always, of course, Go Pack Go!